the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. So Maximum Lawyers, Tyson and I wanted to hop on real quick and give you an intro to this new concept we have going called Maximum Lawyer Rewind. There we go. Maximum Lawyer Rewind. This is a brilliant idea from our very own Becca Eberhardt and Tyson. They, they've come up with a lot of good ideas. And one of them is that we want to bring you some of our best episodes, some of our favorite episodes. And I haven't um, seen the list of what those episodes are, but I sure want to make sure that Law Firm Roulette is on the list because that's one of my all-time favorite episodes. Jim has not seen the list because he's not completed his portion of it, but I, I, the first one I pegged was the, the roulette. So uh, website roulette. It was the very first one that I picked and I picked a few other ones and there's some really, really good ones in there that I had completely forgotten about. And Jim, so you need to finish the list and so that people can, can listen to the rest of our top 10 Maximum Way Rewind episodes. All right, I'll do it. All right. Enjoy everybody. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Tyson, how have you been? I have been busy, very busy, but it's been good. How about you? Well, I had friends in town over the weekend, so I haven't gotten much work done. I'm feeling a little bit under the gun, but I'm glad we're recording this week's show. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about taking the leap, burning the boats, really just committing. You kind of summed it up in one word as commitment, because I wanted to talk about burning the boats. And you said, you know what? It's a commitment. And I said, yep. And so... Uh, Basically, what I'm talking about, and I'll probably chew this guy's name up, but it's Hernan Cortez, and he was a Spanish conquistador, so he was a conqueror, and he was trying to conquer Mexico, of all places, and he had only had 600 men, and I think it was like 11 ships, and so he got them, convinced all these guys to get on these ships, said, we're going to conquer this land, and there was lots of riches, gold, silver, and so they get there, and he's only got 600 men, and, he, and he's against a huge opponent. And he's thinking, you know what? The only way we're going to do this is if these guys know that there's no way, there's no turning back. And so what he does is he says, burn the boats. And sure enough, he's the first person to conquer Mexico and I think, 600 years, and it's with 600 men. And so I think that's what I want to talk about is, because something that made me think about it is people that they kind of do their practice part time, and there's a, a variety of ways of doing it. But 
Some people will work another job part-time and they'll, they'll start their law firm part-time. Or another more common way is they will part-time, they'll, they'll actually run their firm, but they're looking for a job. And I think that's the more common way because they're not fully committed to the firm. So they're not going to invest in the firm. They're not going to invest time in the firm, money. So that's the more common way. And you'll, you're, you'll never have a successful firm either way because you've not committed. You've not completely jumped in on the idea of your firm is going to succeed. So this is hard. Running a practice is hard. Running your own law firm is hard. Finding clients, building up a practice is difficult, difficult work. In fact, other than parenting, I think it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. So I think that the idea that someone could be in this sort of half-assed is really misguided. I think that you're really going to do yourself a disservice in the long run. You're going to do your clients a disservice that if you're not committed to building a well-oiled machine that runs well, that functions properly, and that does all the things that a, a healthy law firm needs to do, you can't dabble in this. You can't be in it halfway. You can't be running a little practice on the side and thinking about trying to find a job. I think if you want to find a job, that's just fine. I think you need to be devoted completely and utterly to finding that job. I think splitting your time running to traffic court and doing a will for your cousin's neighbor is not going to cut it. No, and I think another thing, and this isn't quite a commitment issue, it's it's more of a just, I don't know if it's laziness or whatever it is, but if you don't have work to do, you need to be doing other things to generate business, whether that's networking, whether that's writing a blog post, whether that's shooting a video, whatever it is, it is not okay to stay at home half the day just because you don't have any work. It's just not okay. Um, your firm will not succeed. You and I work very, very, very hard, and a lot of people that run their firms work very, very, very hard. And we we get clients because we're always hustling, and it's it's a, it's a hustle thing. And so that's part of the commitment is you can't just oh you know I don't have any clients and pout around and do nothing about it. You've got to commit. You've got to burn the boats. No turning back. Otherwise, you know what? Go work for somebody. Go get a government job. Maybe that's more your thing. And that's okay. If that's your thing, then that, that's your thing. But if you're wanting to run a law practice, you can't think that way. You've got to go in full bore. Yeah, and I don't think it's a laziness thing. I, and, I, I, and I don't know how to explain it. It's yeah, I, think it's a, I think it's a malaise that settles over the person. I think that if I were going out on my own again and I didn't have a lot of clients, I think you're absolutely right. I'd be hustling and doing everything I could to find clients. But at the same time, I think there's just something inherently beneficial about leaving the house, going to a dedicated place where what you do is law things, you know? And I think you have to develop a vision of something bigger than your immediate needs. And I think that, you know, it's, it's hard and it, it can be overwhelming and intimidating to think that you've got to find all these clients, but really it's one client at a time, one word at one, you know, one good word, one referral at a time, doing a good job for somebody. And you, you definitely have to take the long-term view and not be overwhelmed by the enormity of not having any clients. You said two things that I really want to touch on. I think they were both very important. So one of them was is being in that environment where people are, are working, doing legal work. And so whether that's some sort of incubator, whether that's some sort of co uh, office sharing kind of thing, which which is great. It's a great way of generating business. 
that's one thing you said. And then the vision is another thing. And with that are goals. I remember when I first started my firm, um, I actually had one goal and that was the amount of money I wanted to make per week. And that may sound really shallow. It's all about money. That's not what it was. I knew what my salary was before starting my firm. And I knew what I needed to make to support my family because I had a kid and I had a wife. And so I set a weekly goal of how much money I wanted to make so that I could support my family. And so what I did was I just, if I had not hit that goal, and I tell the story all the time, if I had not hit the goal, I was on the phone calling clients that owed me money. And I hit that goal every single week for the first two years, every single week for the first two years. And I remember the first week I didn't hit it, I was devastated because it had meant that much to me. And so I, in a little bit of time, I had raised that goal incrementally. I don't do that goal anymore. I've got different goals because I do more personal injury and I'm not selling a case every single week, but there are different ways of doing it. So I think goal setting is very important. And you and I are both into goal setting at a much higher level now than what we were before. Uh, I think we're both believers in the the 12-week year system. I think it's just you've got to develop that vision, I guess, bring it full circle. You develop that vision. And at the time, mine was just supporting the family is what it was. And then you grow that vision over time. And then you set your goals to get to that vision. Yeah. And I think that there's just something inherent about being around other people, being around success. You know, I think that, you know, everything I know about marketing, I've learned myself and it's been through listening to podcasts. I didn't take a business class in college. I didn't I've never taken a marketing class, and I think that a lot of this stuff is available for free. I mean, if there, basically, if there's anything you don't know how to do, you can get on YouTube or get on a podcast and teach yourself it. So you're absolutely right that when you don't have a lot of time or when you don't have a lot of clients, you do have a lot of time. So you got to use that time wisely. You know, another thing, an interesting point that you you mentioned, I heard a podcast a while back with, it's a lady, she runs a blog and a podcast for uh, parents who run a business. And she has this theory that great entrepreneurs are born when a child is on the way. And that that is something that spurs you to action in a way that is different than anything else. And so I think that when you're single or when you're married without any kids that you sort of you know, I wouldn't say fart around, but you waste a lot of time and you, you're having fun and that's great. I, I'm all for that. But I think that that clear level of focus really uh, comes into play when either a child's on the way or has just come. And so, you know, it's not lost on me that, you know, I went out on my own when my wife was pregnant with our third son in five years. And so, you know, we, we both started our practices at a time that some would say, we're vulnerable, you know, we have more mouths to feed and more things to worry about. But I just think that that in and of itself is a great boat burner. It's a huge motivator. It's huge. It is something where you know that if you're not bringing in the money because you don't have the clients, you have got to start hustling. I mean, it is, it's, it's a fear like no other because I mean, the last thing you want to do is have to call your parents Hey, by the way, you know, things aren't going well. Can we move in? I had an added burn the boats features. My family lives in Columbia, so they're, they're a couple hours away. So I'm not, it's not like I can go over to their house and stay at their house. So we're kind of out on, on an island out here, no family around here. So it's, it's one of those things where I had, I had no other choice. I definitely had to, to hustle. And 
so have you. Now, one of the things that sort of started this topic for us was that you were telling me about a fellow that you know who's sort of dabbling in it. Can you talk a little bit, obviously, without, you know, breaking someone's anonymity or something, but can you tell us a little bit about what what's going on? Yeah, because it really kind of bothers me um, because I worry about him because he's a really good attorney. I mean, and I, I think I mentioned that to you. He's actually a really good attorney and he's a really good friend of mine. And he he's kind of gone back and forth between looking for jobs, having his own firm, and then he works for another company that's not a law firm job. Uh, he's, he's not working as an attorney in it. And he, he seems to generate really good business. But he can't – he always has to refer out a bunch of cases and he refers some of them to me because he just doesn't have time to do them. And so he's got – luckily, he's got very good flexibility with his job where he can – all he has to do is put, put it in 40 hours and so he can do it at any time. He doesn't have to do it you know, during workday hours. But I just feel like he could be such a good attorney. I, I think he is a good attorney, but I think he could run such a good law firm if he would just commit, if he would just burn the boats and he won't. So this is the eternal trap, the eternal trap of the golden handcuffs. And, you know, I, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, you know, when you get into that situation where you're depending on other people for your clients and you don't have a real client base of your own, or if you're, you know, if he's dependent on a significant amount of his money coming from not practicing law, then it, it can make it almost impossible to move or to act or to change or to take that risk because you feel in your mind that you're going to go from 70 or 80 or $90,000 a year that you're making to zero. And of course that's not true. You're not going to go to zero, but I think that it really is a trap that keeps a lot of people locked into something that's probably not in their long-term benefit. And in my mind, I didn't want to be, the guy who was 45 or 55 who had no clients. And I figured I'd, I'd rather do this sooner rather than later. And so that was really a motivator for me to start something completely new and to cut the ties with the sort of professional life that I had before. Yeah. And there's always ways of generating business. I, I'm a, I mean, I really, I always joke about this, but I think in St. Louis, at least you could fall out of bed and make $50,000 as an attorney if you're hustling. And I really, and that may be a lot of people, lots, a lot of people may not be that much to a lot of people. I guess it depends on whatever situation you're in right now. But I really think if you wanted to start your own law firm and you, you're networking, you're hustling, if you're working a full day trying to, to get it, bring in clients, you'll do just fine. You'll be just fine. It's just a lot of it's just about the hustle and committing to what you're trying to do and having a vision for your firm. I, I like that you, you talked about the vision before because I think the vision's a very, very big part of it. And so as long as you, you're, you're committing, you're burning the boats and you've got that vision, you'll do just fine. Now, do you think we're being overly optimistic? Do you think we're selling something that doesn't really exist? Not at all. Not at all. I think it is just a motivation thing. Why do you say that? Because I've talked to some of the people that you would in law school, you would have been like, there's there's no way they're going to do well. But they're people people, I guess is a way to put it. And they hustle. Everybody that I know that hustles is doing just fine. And even the bad attorneys that I know that hustle are doing just fine. It's, just, it's all about the hustle and committing. That's why I say that. Why, why would you say it? Well, I mean, I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate here and I mean, let's think about people that might be listening to this podcast and they're saying, oh, yeah, 
Jim and Tyson, you might have pulled this off, but well, let me let me say, and I'm gonna cut you off because if they're saying that right now, I want you to look inside yourself and see if you're doing everything. If you're really doing everything, you think you can to make your firm succeed. And I guarantee, if you're saying that, you're probably not. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Um, I'm I'm all for callouts. I mean, I do think that it's it's tough. I think I think that it's hard out there. I think it's there's a lot of competition, especially in certain practice areas. I think that it's very competitive and, you know, I think that a lot of people are struggling, but I think that there's always room for improvement. I think that um, mindset is super important. And I think that one of the great benefits of burning the boats is that you tell yourself there's no going back. I'm not, I'm not going back to this life I had before. This is where I'm at. This is my future. This is for me. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I might be doing it for my family, but I'm doing it for our collective good, our family's good, our desire to do better for our entire family. And so I think that if you go with that mindset, that it really can carry you through a whole lot of things. I really think that the, the where the real struggle comes in, it's not at the beginning. I think the struggle is whenever you've got, you're starting to grow as a firm, you've got a couple of attorneys or a couple of assistants and, and things are starting to grow. I think that's whenever it gets the toughest. And if, if you have not, um, if you don't, if you're not taking the right strategy to grow and you have a couple bad months and, or a downturn in the economy, I think that's where it gets the toughest. And I think that that's where some of the, some of the, Firms are having problems because they need to trim the fat. But if you're talking about a truly solo person, I, I think as long as you're hustle, you'll you'll do just fine. I mean, Tyson, I think there's trouble and it's hard at all levels. I think it's hard when you leave. I think it's hard when you're trying to bring in business. I think it's hard when there's a lot of business that comes in. It's just a different set of problems. You know, my my mother-in-law used to say about children, she'd say, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And I think that's true for a business, you know, young firm, young firm problems, bigger firm, bigger problems, you know, or different. It's just different. There's just a different flow to it. But, you know, you've got to sort of move past this fear, this mindset that is keeping you from moving forward. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think part of it is what generates that is the fear. I think the fear is is very it's powerful. And I think that the, if, if you can harness that in a way, kind of like what we were talking about, if you have kids or whatever it is, if you can harness that fear, it's a motivator and it's not something that's going to hinder you in the long run. Yeah. And I think you have to surround yourself with people who are successful. You know, Jim Rohn says that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. And if you're hanging out with people who are griping and bitching and moaning about how hard life is and how hard it is to be a lawyer and how, you know, there's really no money in the law and, and I can't really do it and blah, 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 all these excuses, all this whining, then that's the outcome you're probably going to have. And at the same time, if you're listening to podcasts that motivate you, that get you going, that inspire you, and if you're hanging out with people who are successful, you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to be hanging out with people that know more than you, that are smarter than you, that have done it before. And so, I mean, if I were a new lawyer going out on my own, I would try to interview as many successful lawyers who are doing what I want to do and model that. I would, I would be taking notes. I, heck, I might even start a podcast about how to start your firm. Oh, wait a minute. I think somebody just did that. <laughs> and I think that 
eventually where you and I are going to bring a lot of value at the next level with this podcast is interviewing other people and getting them to explain the kinds of things they wish they knew when they started, how they burnt the boats, how they made the leap. And I think that that really brings things into focus for people. And I really think it's a choice. I, I spent some time recently with a friend of mine who is a lawyer. He works at a big firm and a lot of it a lot of his mindset is really negative and it's like, I can't wait to be done. The the law sucks. You know, I, I, I've almost got enough money to retire. I'll be really glad when I can. And I'm just like, life is too short. You could drop dead tomorrow. You have no idea what's going to happen. And why would you want to walk through life like that? I, I just don't see it. Man, I think you nailed on so many good points right there. Getting your five people to surround yourself with that they are very successful people is, is a very key factor in your success. And another part of it, let me let me flip it a little bit. If you're around those people like you're talking about that are complaining all the time, run as fast as you can. Just just cut them out of your life. It's well, I guess you can't completely cut some people out of your life, but you want to avoid those people the best you can because they will drag you down into the trenches and the ditches with them. And you need to be, surround yourself with positive people. And I know that this, this sounds like a lot of frou frou rah rah stuff, but it's true. Um, it is absolutely true because if you surround yourself with those successful people, guess what they're going to do? They're going to refer you cases because they're going to have an overflow of cases. And then you are going to be tapped into that that resource. And then you're going to become that person because you're going to be one of those top resources. And you're going to refer people. Once you're big enough, you're going to refer them to other people and people are going to look up to you. And so it really has this ripple effect if you can surround yourself with those people. Oh, Tyson, and there's an energy that comes around people. Yes, yes. I mean, I know, I've mentioned this before, once every two months, I, I notice this happening. A lawyer that I know starts connecting with more people on LinkedIn, and then they send me an email and say, hey, Jim, let's go out to lunch. And they want to talk about going out on their own. And I, I just think that there's, and I, I'm not saying crystal foo-foo stuff either, but I just think that people pick up on on the positivity and the success. And I think at the same time, I think when clients come in and you're, you know, maybe unshaven or, you know, just sort of meeting at a coffee shop, I, I think that there's just this energy that comes off. I think, I think clients can smell desperation in an attorney 50 feet away. It's funny because you can, I think we've all had a bad client meeting or two. And you, it's every time I've had a cl bad client meeting, it's because I, I went into it unprepared. And so you, and they, you're right, they can sense it. They can totally sense when you're not ready for it. And so they'll start asking you questions and they'll start digging a little bit deeper. And if you're not on, you'll lose the client. You just won't get it. But we are getting close to time. And so I think we need to start kind of wrapping it up. So do you have your hack of the week? Yes, I okay. do. Okay. It's, it's a new podcast or it's a new podcast for me, I should say. It's called Less Doing. It's a guy named Ari Mizell. He was diagnosed with Crohn's disease several years ago, and he basically worked through medicine and, and exercise, and he's really reduced the effects of it. And he's developed a blog and a podcast that's dedicated to outsourcing and finding people to do tasks for you and, and to make your life more automated, more optimized. And I've really I've been listening to it and gotten a lot out of it the last couple of weeks. What's the name of the company? It's less doing. I were they just on a podcast? So, yeah, he's he's been on a couple times with Joe and Dean, and and he was on last week with his partner. 
That's right. That was and, a good. That was a good one. That's yeah, I signed up for the service. I'm gonna. I got my first consult on Wednesday, where basically what they do is they help you outsource stuff. And so they sent me this big infographic with all the different kinds of things that they can help. It's really, to me, it's a it's a no brainer. It's 129 dollar one once a year. You pay that, and then they they do work for you. They help you find the outsourcing or outsource for you. It's forty dollars an hour, and they bill to the second. So to me, it's just sort of like. This makes total sense for me. There's a lot of things that I am doing that I don't need to be doing that they're going to help me outsource. All right. So the book I'm going to recommend is Built to Last by Jim Collins. It's an oldie but a goodie. If, and the only reason I actually changed what mine was going to be based upon what you said about vision. I think that uh, if you want to build a company that's going to last for decades, if not a century, read Built to Last. It's really good. It's, 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 they talk about BHAGs. Big, hairy, audacious goals, audacious goals. It's it's great. It's a really good one. Um, basically, setting your 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 goals extremely high, um, and then having having certain principles in place to to make your company last. It's a really good book. But, That's a great uh, book. Oh, it's a book that we should read about once a year. Yeah. Both of his books, um, that one and Good to Great, are both just phenomenal, big picture books. All right, All right man. Let's wrap it up. Anything else? Uh, no. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.